Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Across the internet, family, we are trustthejourney.today. That's our website, that's our Instagram handle, all the things. If you would like a cost-free way of supporting the, the podcast, supporting Jay and myself, you can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on Spotify or Instagram. You can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can comment. You can share an episode with someone directly if you think it will help them. All of this stuff makes a difference. If you would like to join the Trust the Journey family, we expand the conversation there and the connection there directly. Um, we invite you, join us, really, truly, we welcome you there. This is a place for integration, it's a place for connection, it's a place for love, and uh, any amount on Patreon will get you in there. We're doing integration circles now with uh, some coaching and those are $25 or you can donate on Patreon at $20 a month and that'll get you unlimited access to those calls as well. So lots of stuff, we're building, we're growing, we welcome you. <laughs> and yeah, any questions, of course, reach out anytime. We're looking for trusted partners to align our brand with. If you're looking to you know, if you know anybody who you think would be a great partner for us or a sponsor for us, let us know. Trustthejourney.today. Again, DM us on Instagram. That's a great place to reach us. If you would like to reach Jay or myself individually, you can go to our websites directly, jasonmaledski.com. And for me, it's melaniecurtis.com. Cool. So today, today's episode is me. <laughs> I'm doing a solo episode answering the question, speaking to this question of why did I decide to become a public voice in service to deep healing with plant medicines. Um, it's something that I have grown into over the last handful of years. Um, and it's funny doing this kind of solo episode. It's almost a little bit weird. Uh, it's like a, an audio journal or something. <laughs> I have my notes. I'm ready. I'm just going to go with it and, and hopefully cover everything and see where this thought process and this flow state for me uh, takes us. And I hope it answers questions and incites your own inquiry. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Sarah is not home, my roommate, and it's, it's better because <laughs> I, I, I feel like I would have performance anxiety if she were here listening to me doing a solo episode. But weirdly, when Jay and I are talking, I feel totally fine. It's so weird how different anxieties come up and all of that. But anyway, I appreciate you guys being here and I appreciate you making time for this one and hanging with me. So yeah, the, so why did I why did I decide to become a public voice for these medicines for psychedelic healing? I want to, of course, give the disclaimer first and foremost, you know, that I do not promote doing anything illegal. I am sharing this stuff for informational purposes only. I am not an expert. I am not a doctor. What I hope is that my sharing, like I was saying, sort of incites you into your own inquiry into your own research. If you are called toward these medicines, listen to that and lean into listening to more podcasts like this, more stories from trusted and credible sources, and certainly research on the science and the efficacy of these, of these compounds, of these medicines, and how they can help you. And also certainly how you need to, what you need to do to engage them safely and thoughtfully. Cool. So yeah. So, okay. So how did it start for me? I, if you've been listening to the show, you have heard a lot of my sharing so far, but I want to try to encapsulate it into one episode so that 
I can share this when people ask and so that they can, again, have asset, like access to resources and, and stuff like that that have helped me. So how it started for me was my best friend, Shannon. She has been in this work for many years and she was doing this work long before I was in it myself. And she was sharing with me what the medicine was doing for her. And, and, and I say this, that she was sharing it, but she was sharing it for multiple years, um, telling me about her ceremonial experiences, her high respect for the medicine. Uh, she was working with her own mentors and growing and healing through these ceremonies that she would participate in. And because we're best friends, I got a front row a front row seat to that healing and I'm so grateful because I grew up in the era of Nancy Reagan just say no to drugs thinking that any substance that was in sort of this lane was considered drugs and was considered bad and so she in sharing her healing started to help me change that narrative for myself and start to understand that these things could be used for very, very good purposes. And certainly I had to do a lot more learning around these things. One of the, one of the resources that I point people to often is Tim Ferriss's podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show. And the reason I point to him is that he is someone that I really admire and respect. I've listened to his show for many years as a high achieving person, as someone who cares about growth and entrepreneurship and being in service to the world and create creating, creativity, business, all the things. And his show as a resource was, and his show and his voice as a credible voice in my world also introduced psychedelic healing to me as well. And so here's my best friend sh showcasing all of this work that she's been doing and all of these incredible stories that I'm hearing, again, from this credible source in my life, and then back it up with another really credible source in my existence, in my professional lane to invite me into my own learning. Right. It's not because I heard on the podcast on Tim's show that, oh, and suddenly I'm just going to go do this. It was, I started to feel called to learn more. And that's uh, what I would say to look for in yourself. If you're feeling called, if you're feeling a curiosity, trust that and don't be afraid to lean into that learning. So thank you for listening for this, <laughs> to this, <laughs> for the learning. Uh, so Shannon, Tim, they helped me get on this path. And of course, pain. Pain helped me get on this path because I've said this many times, but I'm a person who doesn't fuck around. I am willing to try things. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I'm willing to do a lot of these things. And so I had so I had done a lot of that work. And so specifically, I have and I've shared about this on the show before, but this is a big thread, a huge thread in my work with plant medicines, but this pain, this sort of lifelong pain that I had experienced around anxious attachment. And I point to this because it's it most readily showed up for me in love relationship. It certainly shows up for me in other relationship as well, but it's most predominant it, it had most predominantly shown up for me in love relationship. And so excuse me, that pain was also a motivator because I had done all this work and I was like, well fuck, I'm I'm still struggling in this area. I'm still struggling in this area. I have tried this. I've tried that. I've done this. I've done that. I've 
you know, done therapy, I've done retreats, I've done read all the books, I've done, like and it's I still knew that there was more because I was still struggling. I was still hurting. My relationships still weren't working. I was still experiencing heartbreak and again, not that we won't experience heartbreak in a more healed and evolved place, but to say that it was it was obvious to me that I needed more work. So that pain also d- directed me and and drew me toward this deeper healing work. The other thing was trust the journey. So Jay being experienced with these medicines also helped me, but it also trust the journey gave me a space to learn and grow publicly, right? So our values are centered around learning and growing and being models in this place so that, and, you know, and being in this very, very humble, like bringing humility to this process and and being brave enough to showcase ourselves when we don't know what we're doing. And in that process of growth and in that process of learning itself. And so episode 11, I remember I I had done a couple of psilocybin high-dose ceremonies with Shannon facilitating me, and those had been quite transformative. I'll share a little bit more about that in a second. But I I was starting to get it in the sense that, oh, there's healing. There's significant healing available here with these medicines. And so episode 11, I deliberately asked Jay to answer questions from his perspective about ayahuasca because I, at that point, was still very afraid to do that. It would take me, I think, a couple more years to to do it, uh, to be ready for it. They say the medicine calls to you, and when it's time, it's you'll know. And in my experience, that's very, very true. So anyway, if you episode eleven, uh, be forewarned, the sound is pretty terrible. We hadn't yet upped our audio quality, <laughs> but you'll be able to hear me as someone new to this inquiry. You'll be able to to hear me as someone looking to learn. And so Jay shares a lot in that episode. And so if you see yourself in me in that particular episode, cool, great, great. Keep learning. Look into the resources that we share in that episode and all of that. So so my first mushroom ceremony, I want to talk about that because a big reason why I would become a public voice about this, this work, about deep healing and about these medicines is because of all they have, all they have given me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's absolutely mind blowing still. And it continues to be how much these medicines have helped me heal what I couldn't access any other way. And so my first mushroom ceremony, I, again, could t- I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And so for the sake of somewhat brevity to get these points across, I'll, I'll be somewhat condensed in my storytelling. But my, f- my first mushroom ceremony, I forgave my ex-husband. Like I was really, I had already forgiven myself for sort of having that experience, for getting into that experience, for not knowing what to do, all the things that come with a a breakdown and a breakup, you know, nothing earth shattering there. But what I didn't quite realize emotionally was that I, I really hadn't forgiven him yet. And the medicine helped me get there. And one of the things, how it helped me, this is again, this <laughs> is just so, it's so condensed, but I'm in this high dose ceremony and <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear the kids playing outside. Oh, I think it's kind of adorable. <laughs> I got some playing kit. Anyway, um, so I'm in this high dose ceremony 
very connected. We are underneath the barn this day and it's raining and sort of, um, I don't know, probably middle of the ceremony. And I hear this frog and it's just kind of like making this, you know, (laughs) the sound that frogs make and this croaking. And it made me think of the first time that I did acid and it was with my ex-husband and we had gone for a walk with our friends on this day that we were having this experience. And we had this really funny experience where I like saw this ceramic frog and I remembered that. And it was just, it was such a hilarious moment in that experience. It reminded me of that experience hearing this frog in ceremony. And it, in sort of one moment, it, it, made me realize just like how grateful I am for my ex-husband and how he helped me get on my path, how all that, all that our experience helped me learn and grow into and all of those things. But it also showed me how I was judging him. You know, I was really judging him. I was like judging drug use and this and that. And I, had, I laughed about that in ceremony because Again, this this word drugs and and there's a lot more to be said. Certainly, there are are many things that I would never condone people do or put into their body, um, and so that's a whole different conversation and an expanded one. But when it comes to these healing medicines, these plant medicines, it it helped me start to get clear on on that judgment and how I was able to let go of that. You know that. I'm in this quote unquote drug experience and I'm healing, you know, I'm healing. I'm letting go of that judgment. I'm forgiving him. I'm, I'm forgiving myself more. I'm, I'm really reconciling that whole experience. And this was my very first mushroom ceremony. It was a beautiful thing. It was a really, really beautiful thing to feel that healed. And of course, from the thread of anxious attachment in love relationships in my own personal life, it was a really important thing to to move forward from from that emotional like nugget, that emotional node. It was really good to clear that for myself so I could move forward. Now, it's certainly that story is very recent, quote unquote. I mean, not now, but at the time, it was still very recent in the sense that it was what was at the top, you know? So if we talk about how we dig deeper in these ceremonies, it's a a big part of it is to keep going, keep going into the layers to continue to peel the onion back. And so I got a real taste of that. And again, speaking to this word drugs, I'll probably say this multiple times, but a big part of what I feel called to do is to help reframe that old narrative about these medicines, that this is not, quote, doing drugs. This is not Nancy Reagan, just say no to drugs stuff. Certainly, like I said, some substances, of course, I would say fall into that category. There are certain things I would absolutely never put into my body and certain things I, I choose not to have in my life and not to be around. And so that's for you to do your own inquiry, inquiry on it as well. But <laughs> do you hear those kids? Oh, my God. I almost hope you hear them. They're fucking screaming. It's hilarious. Having this deep talk with you guys and the kids are freaking out outside. Oh, life. It's always perfectly imperfect, right? So uh, so anyway, so first mushroom ceremony, good clearing with the seeing stuff around this anxious attachment. One of my next mushroom ceremonies was also hugely profound in that, and I've shared this on the show before, so I won't go fully into this story, but I shared how when the when my grandmother passed, how painful and and traumatic that was for me. 
and also how that was connected to my biggest fear that I could feel and access at that point was this fear of losing my mom, this fear of my mom dying. My mom's healthy. She's good. It was this deep fear of losing her and how moved I was, like just seeing my mom in the experience with her mom. And in this ceremony, the medicine taking me through that experience, basically, I wept, I wept, wept that fear. I, I, I basically lived through that experience of losing my mom, even though that has never happened. And it showed me my grandma was there. She was supporting me. And it, it showed me how I would be strong enough to be there for her when that time came. And why that is important is when I was with my mom before this ceremony, there was always a little bit of that fear between us. And so every time we would be together, there I, I, I couldn't, I, it's almost like I had this frenetic energy, like, oh my God, I got to make the most out of this time with my mom. Oh my God, I got to, we got to bond. We got to make memories. We got to do the thing. It's like, it's like it was fear driven. Not entirely, of course, like it's love driven too, but fear was tainting it. Excuse me. And uh, so fear was tainting it. And so after this ceremony, after moving through that deep fear, I was able to be present with my mom after that in a way that I, I, I can't even describe. I can actually be with her now. And I, I, there's nothing like that alone should be. Well, not should, whatever, should, should expectations, but could be enough. That story alone is enough, in my view, to make it like very, very interesting to want to learn more about plant medicines because seriously, peeps, I, it is unfucking believable the gift that is that I can be with my mom while she's still here. And really be with her and not have any of that bullshit fear in between us. And so I, that's a huge, huge, huge part of my story. But back to the anxious attachment stuff, the, in one of my other ceremonies, so I think it was my third mushroom ceremony. I'm not sure I'm going to get this right, but close enough. I had done three high-dose mushroom ceremonies before I ever met ayahuasca, and we'll get there. So this ceremony, in this ceremony, one of my main insights that the medicine gave me was to receive, like all caps, receive. And it was talking about receive love, receive, like receive let myself, it was sort of speaking to those walls that I had up and, and that spoke to this fear and this, this wounding and this pattern that I had been experiencing in my love relationships that when I would open up, I would be hurt, right? And so it was speaking to that. And at this point in time, during at this particular juncture, when I was doing this ceremony, I was dating someone that I was pretty excited about. And I felt we had gotten to a place where I was like, okay, all right, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let myself do it. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna let myself like open up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust the medicine and I'm gonna try to receive. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because it's just so funny. This is, it's just such a beautiful <laughs> just a beautiful process this whole thing. 
So I basically take this directive from the mushroom ceremony from psilocybin. I'm so grateful. I I go in and I and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna receive. <laughs> and not like I don't even know. It was very very shortly thereafter this particular relationship ended in like in a sort of immediate ghosting type of situation. It was it was totally unexpected and it really made me angry. Not because I had trusted the medicine to receive, but because of what this person did and I was just really angry about it. But what's most important to note about this is that it's not even, it's not about that other person. Of course, all of these stories are about me and about why, why is this my path? And so when I'm telling you my stories, of course, I, can, I really hope that you are reflecting on yourself as you hear me share, you know, like what resonates for you, what's there for you. And so anyway, so I was really, really angry about this and I don't typically get angry. And so it was notable. The other notable thing about this was that I hadn't actually been dating this person that long. It was like a few months or something like that. Not long enough to warrant this level of anger. And I love this quote. I think it's super, super critical relative to healing work in all levels is if you're hysterical, it's historical. Meaning if the emotion that you are experiencing or feeling is doesn't fit the situation, is, is more elevated than what the situation should basically deem, then go deeper. Then it, it's connected to something deeper. And so as a result of that, I, I knew I was still missing something. I knew that I this anger was displaced. I knew that it didn't make sense. I knew that it was too much for what this situation warranted. And so that is what led me to ayahuasca because I was in, again, more pain. And this is the thing. Is it like really oh, – it's, it, it's almost like we try to avoid pain. And of course, that's understandable. I can validate that all day long. I can validate it for myself and for you and for all of us. And it's been a key, key component to help me along this journey where I'm like, if I'm brave enough and willing to look at my pain, then I have even a shred of a chance of healing it. And so because I had already started to do medicine work, even though I had has, had up to this point been really afraid of ayahuasca, I, I knew I was missing something because of this, this experience. I knew. And so that's what led me to ayahuasca and led me to feel that actual calling and knowing that it was time for me to meet her. So with ayahuasca, oh my goodness, there are so many stories that it's literally impossible for me to share all of my ayahuasca stories. Definitely go back to past episodes I share in length about all of my work with this incredible medicine. Oh my God. God, it's crazy. Like I, I think about, and again, why am I telling you this story? Why am I telling you about my experience? It's because, and why am I being a public voice? It's because of all of the, all that I have gotten from this work over the years and meeting these medicines so many times. Every single time it helps me peel the onion back a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. So for example, going into ayahuasca, I first, I write about this in my last book, and I'm writing my next book, by the way, about this healing work. And I actually invite you to go to, I'm, I, uh, I'm doing a, a specific email list relative to this work. If you're curious about psychedelic healing, go and sign up for it. 
It's melaniecurtis.com slash healing dash list. And I'm sharing very specifically about psychedelics and deep healing work in the, of this kind there. So anyway, I share that because I didn't want to forget to share it. It's something I care about a lot. So we're doing it, of, of course, on the show. And then I'm doing some of my own work with my writing. So anyway, my first ayahuasca three-day, I got pretty clear on how humiliation and it was connected to this story of me in eighth grade when basically these like senior boys asked me to dance and then started signing my yearbook and writing love notes in my yearbook and how I realized that I was a, a joke, that they were making fun of me. And I got sort of, I got through that story connected to an understanding of, of course, I would feel humiliated in that experience, even though I don't even remember feeling humiliated, but I do remember where I was. I remember the moment I was in the gym, the, the lights, the orange lights of the gymnasium. I, I'll never forget it. I, I'm there now in my mind's eye. And so getting clear on that story, and again, it's one nugget, but it started to help me pull on this thread of understanding around humiliation. And the other thing that it helped me do is that in this particular ceremony, the ironically and strangely, the person that had ghosted me was also in this ceremony. And the medicine basically coached me to, quote, look directly at him. And that is not necessarily this per look directly at this particular person, but look directly at any man in my life and use that as an integration point for me and my future relationships. Because what I would do, I, I started to see this pattern of because I was so afraid of being abandoned, being rejected, right? because I was so deeply afraid and having this anxious attachment experience in love relationship. I would uh, avoid really looking honestly at the men that I dated. And so that was a really useful directive for me to look directly at him. And so that was the sort of starting point. I didn't really feel like I, quote unquote, met ayahuasca. Like I didn't feel her. I didn't feel like I heard her. Even though I got insights, it it didn't feel like I really was that connected with her in this first three-day. In my second three-day, same thing. I, I continued to meet the medicine, and I continued to integrate in my life, and I continued to be out in the world. I was, was dating and being in love relationship and, and having experiences because I care about that lane of my life. I've said this uh, for a long time for people who feel like uh, bad about being on dating apps or just weird about having to date at all or being single or whatever. I, I really always acknowledge to those people how great it is that you are putting an effort in an area of your life that you care about, right? Like I care about being in relationship. I care about companionship. I care about love. I care about sex. I care about intimacy. I care about all of those things. And so it's my responsibility in my life to prioritize things that will help me have that if I want it. And so being in the work with the medicine was a big part of that. And so anyway, my second three-day, I came in with the same intention of what can I heal to help me heal anxious attachment with men and I looked at this particular ceremony. I started to look at my entire sexual history. I was seeing all kinds. Of, I was journaling a ton about my relational and sexual history to pull on these threads. Like I mentioned before about the first one, I was pulling on this thread of humiliation. And then there's this thread of, okay, what are, what are the patterns that I'm seeing that I can see? What's there to heal? in my vast experience as a, as a person up to this point in my life. And so the journaling in between the medicine ceremonies is, for me, 
almost more important than the actual medicine work. And same with the coaching, same with the conversation with your trusted coaches in between. That stuff is incredibly powerful in terms of healing, to be seen and known and safely held for the person you actually are, for the things that you are most afraid to talk about, the things you are most ashamed of, the, th the things you are most afraid to show. When you can be seen and, and heard and held for those things, it is phenomenally healing, undeniably healing. And so that takes a lot of bravery. But it's, again, I go back to Shannon being someone who was able to hold space for me. I feel very safe with her. I certainly recommend her for ceremony. But anyway, so this second three day, I had, I met ayahuasca for the first time. And I say that I put up the bunny ears because I really felt her. I heard her for the first time. I was like, oh. Oh, that's you. I got it. Hey, sup. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Finally, we're meeting. Thanks for helping me <laughs> puke and cry the last few times. Um, so I'm looking at all this stuff, all these stories. I'm journaling all this stuff. I'm looking at all these memories. And I'm having on day two this struggle. I've shared about this before too. But I'm having this struggle. I can't really puke. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. So Shannon comes over and helps me with and offers me hape, which is a tobacco that helps accentuate the medicine. It's another medicine in itself. And sometimes it can really help. Um, in this particular instance, I, it helped me a, a lot. And it was very powerful. As soon as I took the second nostril, I immediately purged, as in puked, into my bucket, and it was immediate, the words being silent. And I puked basically every single time I had ever been silent. And I, in terms of when I did something I didn't want to do in a relationship because I was trying to be liked when I didn't speak up for myself, when I didn't advocate for myself, all the times that I had not advocated for myself, every time my dad said something off color and I never said anything, like the, all of those types of things. And, and even the, the part, the times when I was a young girl and I just didn't know how, you know? So I was like, even those experiences too, not just the ones that I could have done differently as an adult, but also the times when I was a child and I didn't know that I was being introduced to adult things too soon, that, you know, that there was this tone of not being protected by my dad and stuff like that. So that was really significant in the sense that I started to see and get a, a look at the impact of my dad and our dynamic and the nature of, of my experience growing up. And again, I say this with, with real and true caveat. My dad is awesome. I love him dearly. He is a wonderful person. He loves me. He is just as weird and <laughs> crazy as the rest of us. And I, and I love him so much. And so like we've really come a long way in our relationship. So I, sharing about this stuff, it's not in any way to blame at all. It's more to simply share the experience because, hey, parents, I'm not a parent, but man, I feel like empathetically, I can get that nobody knows what they're doing, you know, and you, you just can only do the best that you can. And I know that my parents really did. So I, I started to get that, in, that, ex, that information about my dad. And then there was another ayahuasca ceremony that I had done, uh, two day that I had done where I got, and I shared about this in the show too at length about, about how deeply I cherish my brother, how I cried for gosh, hour and a half, just like in just loving him, truly getting how much I love him and cherish him. I also got how in that same ceremony as a kid, I, I thought how I had like how I had to be quote unquote better than him in order for my mom to love me because he was 
this is what my what the medicine showed me that I had this idea, this sort of deep seated idea that he was so wonderful. I idolized him so much and loved him so much that there was this idea of like, how could my mom possibly love me the the same? How could she possibly love me as much as she loves him because he's so wonderful? It's like so it's such a cute almost thought. You can you can imagine a young girl not understanding life, not understanding relationship, and not understanding the vastness of love. And so the medicine helped show me that as well, that of course, like showed me how much my mom loves me, like crazy loves me, how just no possible chance, just showed me all of that. So fast forward, I am feeling so much more healed around this anxious attachment experience. And I have had healthy relationships and I've had dating experiences and stuff like that. And so I am going now into the three-day where I was with Rosalia and Julio. And I was dating someone at this point Uh, that I was also excited about, felt really good about. Again, every single experience that I had had in my love relationship life was genuinely improving. Like every relationship that I have had over the course of these multiple years has been healthier and healthier, which tells me I'm moving in quote unquote the right direction. So going into this three-day, I actually was feeling really good. I was feeling very, very, so much more healed around anxious attachment. I'm having experiences of real health in my relationships. And I also just could sort of, I just could sense, not even almost consciously, that I really wanted to bring humility to the process and not be like, oh, yeah, totally. I'm there. I am. I'm all healed. Anxious attachment. Check. <laughs> but rather be like, I I feel good, and I acknowledge this, and I've seen so much, and I've healed so much. And may, is there and just with humility and respect, ask if there's anything I'm I'm missing. So I and again I've shared this on another episode but I shared with them about this these insights that I had about my dad and feeling like he hadn't protected me and you know this and that and I shared that with them and they basically in in this ceremony invited me into like crying that pain crying the pain that I hadn't felt through that that I hadn't really felt what that was with my dad like I really hadn't felt into it. And so very, very long story short, you can listen to at this, this long sharing in the other episode, but very, very long story short, this three-day ceremony uh, helped me clear 40 years of pain. Like it was the most powerful three-day experience I have ever had in my life still to date. I Oh, it's just, it's unbelievable. And so again, why I share it in this particular episode is this is the value that I have gotten out of this work. And so this is why I'm so motivated to care, to tell you, you know, like, so getting to the real roots. And so that three day for real feels like and again, I say this with, again, vast humility, continued vast humility, but that ceremony feels very much to me like I actually pulled out, ripped out, fucking rah, ripped out the roots of that anxious attachment wound. And I, I purged in such a way that it is, it's indescribable. And it was, it's, and I, and I feel it on the other side. This is now, uh, gosh. Not not a year later after that ceremony, but quite a while, almost a year, probably eight months after that ceremony. I'm I'm recording this right now. And 
it feels it feels clear. You know what I mean? Like usually you'll feel that default pattern sort of coming back in if you're not integrating, if you're not really using and taking the insights that you get from ceremony and and deliberately integrating them with accountability, with action. Again, not talking perfection here, but we are talking about this work is far, far more than the ceremony. It is also the coaching that you get. It is also the accountability you set for yourself. It is how you keep your insights top of mind for you in your life. How are they, how are you living into what you learned and what you got from ceremony? And because I am so grateful that, again, remember I, I mentioned how I, I don't fuck around, right? Like I've had decades of being a growth-minded person. I'm a, I've been a life coach for 17 years. And at this time, I was life coaching for well over a decade. So I had a lot of experience with accountability, with, with coaching, with self-coaching, with validation, all of these things that then supported me to be able to integrate, right? So that matters just as much as these ceremonies. Like it is way, way more than just meeting the medicine. So I want to make sure that's very, very clear. So again, why I share this is like, imagine just for a minute, (laughs) a literal like 40-year pain, like literally a 40-year pain, no relationship. I've like every relationship I have ever been in had no chance because of me. That was one of the key insights in this ceremony. And it was just, again, it wasn't even painful to hear that. It was just clear. And getting that and pulling those roots out of that deep, deep, deep family of origin wound has had immeasurable impacts on my life, not just in my love relationships, which by the way, not because I'm in, I'm in a very healthy, wonderful relationship now. That is not the point. The point is that regardless of how things go in my relational life, in love relationship, friendship, family, and the, in the attachments that I have that I choose to go into and actually be in, in relationship with, I know that no matter what happens with those things, I'm going to be okay. That allows me to show up differently in my relationships. I, it's similar to being with my mom in the sense that without that fear in the way, I'm myself. I'm actually there. I am actually showing these people that are in my life, that are, I am in relationship with, I am showing them who I actually am. And it's not to say that I wasn't trying to or thinking I was doing that before. That's the thing about blind spots is that we, we don't know what is driving when, when they're in the blind spot. And so that's another big, big reason to do this work if it is for you. Again, this work is not for everyone. I want to say that as well. If it's for you, fuck yeah. If it's not, fuck yeah. Like really. But for me, that's a big part of what it has helped me to do is to be able to get into my own blind spots in a way that other modalities weren't able to to help me do. And so, yeah, so back to the question, you know, why did I decide to become a public voice for these medicines, for this deep healing work? And it's as I've been sharing, it's because I have just, I've gotten so, so much from it. It, it, I can't not share it to be in service to the legalization movement of these medicines, the shifting of this narrative around. And again, I, I encourage you to do research around the history of these medicines and the history of them being scheduled and how a big part of of the history of psychedelic medicines is that they were a part of the time in political history where the war on drugs started to be used as a as a political 
weapon. And it allowed people to incarcerate Black Americans at unprecedented levels. And it allowed the people who wanted to wage war to break up the hippie movement and and get people to, you know, basically be willing to go to war. It's there's a lot more to it. And again, I'm no expert, so please take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. But I really invite you into learning about the history because that's the thing is like this, this, this narrative of just say no to drugs is one of the things that is keeping people who could really, really be served and healed by this type of work. It's keeping that from those people. And I want to help those people get access to this, to this healing period. Like that's, that's it. So Oh, let's see. What else could I share? I wrote my notes. I want to make sure I cover everything. Look into the history. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like, oh, God, I could cry thinking about this, you guys. I I feel like without this deep healing work, like without finding my way to these medicines and this ceremonial work. And mind you, I haven't said this yet this episode, but the one of the things to keep in mind around the changing the narrative around just say no to drugs is that this is this is not fun. <laughs> in my experience, if you're doing a ceremonial healing experience, it is extremely hard work in a lot of in a lot of ways you know like ayahuasca of course we talked about how it it really purges your body in so many ways you puke you cry unexpressed sadness so much so much sadness has come out of my body over the years so much sweat and spit and again all of the things and so keep in mind that this is not fun it is it is legit work but like everything else that we earn, the value that you get from from doing things that you don't think you can do, that other people are unwilling to do, you know, like those barriers are the are the gateway to us like basically freeing ourselves from the from the things that limit us. And so why I bring that up is that like I really feel like without these medicines, without this deep healing work, that I could absolutely, absolutely have ended up in the camp of people with crippling anxiety and crippling de depression. And I haven't historically been a person that feels depressed. Anxiety is very much the primary thing that I am pained by. But anxiety, when left untreated, leads to depression. And so I am so grateful because I feel like I really can see where I could have ended up. And I also feel like I see where so many people who are currently struggling with anxiety and depression, you know, this... I care so much about people. Like people, they ask me about, like we're doing this big mastermind this year and we're talking about what's my purpose and this and that. And I always come back to my purpose is people. Man, I fucking love people. I love you. I fucking love you. It sounds so potentially ridiculous, but it is real. Ooh. Oh, there it is. <laughs> There's the love. Oh, I really fucking love you guys. I'm, I, I hope you feel that for me. But that, that is a huge reason why when I see the world and so many people just in agony in, in, with their mental health and their emotional health, like this mental health crisis is so real and so present and so painful for so many of us that i want to i want to be a part of 
of, of solving that. I really want to be a part of solving that. You know, I mean, I absolutely, like I said, I could have been one of those people with anxiety and depression who was isolated and lonely and, and let those feelings really metastasize into a, a depth of despair that was, feels unrecoverable. But I got to tell you, I really feel deeply that these, these deep pains are recoverable. Like there's these medicines are powerful. And again, if you are taking medication for your mental health, and like I, I, like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I, I bring this up because you cannot do high-dose ceremonial use of these medicines. If you are on any SSRI, like you, you cannot be on anti-anxiety meds at all. They have to be entirely out of your system. So make sure you do your research for that if you're even considering this. Um, and talk to your doctor, like really, really do your due diligence. It took me years to get to the medicine. Like take your time, be in your own process around learning and, and getting to them if you end up getting to them. If you don't, that's okay. Because I really do feel like so much can be healed also through storytelling, right? Like my hope is that, you know, people out there that are feeling pain and like real loneliness and isolation and, and fear from the same sort of anxious attachment place that I have felt in my life. I hope that you feel seen. I hope that you feel supported really and truly because I, I believe that this, this healing is possible. This healing is possible. This connection and love, it's possible. <sighs> All right. I could continue and go on and on. <laughs> I'll try to wrap this up. Yeah, I mentioned my healing list, so I really want you guys to sign up for that. So MelanieCurtis.com slash healing dash list. That's where I'm going to be sending very specific curated content as I write my next book. And I'll be sharing the first chapter when it's done. And just basically when it comes out, of course, you'll get notified and all of that. But more I'm using that list in, as a way to add value to people who want to learn more about psychedelic healing and deep healing through all other modalities as well, but it's mostly centered around psychedelics. So more resources that you can check out, go to psychedelicstoday.com. That's an, a great podcast. I highly recommend that show as well. Um, mapsnews.org. Maps is the is the nonprofit and they've been doing uh, research and they've been doing scientific studies for so long and they've been doing all so much grassroots work to get these medicines back legalized. And so support them, go to, the, go to that website, learn from them, listen to their articles or listen to their, you know, videos, read their articles, support them. They are doing really, really good work in the world around these medicines. The Psychedelic Science Conference. I'm very excited about that. Jay and I will be there. Shannon, Travis, and I will be there. Um, super stoked about that. I'm thrilled to be in the community of people that are, you know, in service to this work, in service to these medicines. Uh, Lucid News is another resource for learning about this stuff. And also Double Blind, that's another resource for learning about this stuff as well. And of course, continue listening to us here and all of that. Oh, team, family, I feel like there's a million more things I could say. I'm sure I didn't cover everything, but suffice it to say, I am grateful that I was willing to inch into this work, that I was willing to do the Googling and do the reading and do the listening. And I was, I was, I'm grateful for the people in my life that encouraged me to do that learning and listening, encouraged me to be brave, to step into these spaces. You know, I hope that I'm one of those people for you. And that's the thing, reach out for real, really and truly reach out. If you have more questions, you can drop me a line personally. My email directly is mel at melaniecurtis.com. You can always DM us on the on the Instagram page as well. Trust the journey today is our handle. Jay and I are always always open to hearing from you guys. This stuff really matters to us. And 
of course, if you want to support us and support the show monetarily, that makes a big, big difference. Like we are really growing the show and we're doing a lot. Like these solo episodes are a thing that we're trying to do. We want to make sure that we stay publishing bi-weekly. It's a lot of work to put on a show like this. And so, yeah, if you feel inspired to donate, we welcome that. Go to trustthejourney.today. You can donate on Patreon. You can join the Trust the Journey family that way. You can join for one of the integration coaching circles. You can buy some of our swag. We have new swag coming out. Yeah, there's a million things you can do to support us monetarily. And we we really appreciate everybody who already does. Like, really, it makes such a difference. Thank you so much. And even if you're not called to support financially, that's cool. That is legit cool. Just continue to share the show if you feel like it could help somebody and continue to listen when you're called. And we love you. And I already said that. And I'm bad. Oh, geez, guys, this is so weird. <laughs> it's so weird talking to myself the whole time. But I really feel like I'm talking to you. And I love you. And I thank you for, for being with me on this this solo journey and thank you for supporting Jay and thank you supporting for supporting us and thank you for investing in yourself by listening to a show like this and however you're called to continue to learn know I'm with you and I love you so much. Mm-hmm.